on maynard.com.au. Hey, you! Hey, jingity jing. It's Dominic the donkey. Jingity jing. The Italian Christmas donkey. La, 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 la. Jingle kaspingle, it's Santa Claus, but without all that scratching. I had a terrible time last year. Tim thinks that Santa Claus is a cat. I thought Santa Claus was a cat. <laughs> what was that dog trying to push on me? Tim Fergus and Maynard here with your Bunga Bunga. Oh, I'm Australia's Santa Claus down chimney. Christmas edition. Yes, it's a very recalcitrant Christmas. You ask, what does Bunga Bunga mean? Well, look it up and then look it up again and you'll see Bunga <gasps> Bunga. 2019. What a year it's been for you, Tim. You've had a career. It's been like a ping pong ball. Bouncing here, bouncing there, did a show, taught some courses, shouted at Americans. I hate you! I hate you more! They were just walking down the street, but if they're <laughs> going to wear those kind of shirts, it's been pretty full on. And also, been turning out these bunga bungas like they're going out of fashion, which they aren't. They are not. In fact, I'm always getting phone calls from people going, what should I wear? <laughs> I usually hang up. I'm bumping into people all the time who say they are Patreons of Maynard.com.au. They're patrons. I've got to thank you, the Patreons, is what has got me through this year. Man, they are the brick and mortar that hold my shonky house together. When the wolf blows, my bricks don't move. Can I say that? You can. He huffed and puffed at the house of bricks, but bricks are stronger than straw or sticks. He huffed and puffed and bleep and bloop and it. 10 o'clock was completely pooped. We were doing the Patreon pandering earlier in the year, but I found that if I put up the musical sets that I do at various places and make that only available to the Patreons, they seem to like that. Oh, man, I play those when I'm working because it goes for a couple of hours of all the classic tracks. I mean, who else would play Shirley Bassey and Wham in the same set? I'm asking you. That is my set. And, of course, there's been a lot of excitement about Toto Coelho lately, not just I Eat Cannibals. But Dracula's Tango. We've all been trembling to find out how that story's going to resolve itself. Well, I'm hoping to get an interview with one of the members of Toto Coelho in the new year. Because of my interest on Facebook, she friended me on Facebook, so I'm now friends with a member of Toto Coelho. I like that. It's as awesome as you are, Maynard. And I discovered that she guested on an episode of Benny Hill as one of the running around people in the park with the underwear on. You could do that in those days. These days, I run around the park with nothing on. And the police are called. Oh, the police are called and they join in because they go, oh, it's you. And so we're all there without our underpants on. It's just hilarious. Bunga Bunga, a very recalcitrant Christmas news. Well, if you're interested in political correctness and comedy, you can go to artshub.com and you'll be able to read an article I wrote with big words about comedy and political correctness. Because people always say comedy is going to be killed by political correctness. But it's not true, Maynard. No, not only did you probably use the word recalcitrant, did you use the word irksome? I used irksome and philanthropic. Whoa! Talk about stamp collecting. I've also got some comedy writing classes. We can 
weekend workshops coming up in Brisbane, also in Melbourne in December. Go to cheekymonkeycomedy.com and it'll have all the dates and you can buy a ticket. Watch out, Brisbane. It's nearly full up. Hurry now and buy whatever Tim said. You can really sell it. In fact, I think at this moment, this is Barry Crocker selling the Coachman Restaurant in Sydney in 1986. Listen, has he almost tells you that you might meet famous people at the bar. The Coachman is warm, intimate and elegant. It's your kind of restaurant. See and be seen in our famous bar. You could rub shoulders with celebrities like Mancini, Bassi and Connery. Bassi and Connery? They would arrive in Sydney in 1986 and go, quick, take me to a restaurant in North Sydney. Go Barry! Barry Crocker, total legend. Is he the Crocker goal? No! Is he the Crocker shit? No! Is he the Crocker Barry? Yeah! The Crocker Barry! Crocker Barry! Crocker Barry! Crocker Barry! Crocker Barry! Crocker Barry! Crocker! I base my life on Barry's teachings. Get me to that restaurant, Maynard. Just earlier this week, I played the 1989, a very Barry Crocker Christmas special from my Triple J Breakfast Show. Barry was on fire that morning. Why don't you record a house single, Barry? Why don't you go out there and do it? I might do it. One day. Go on. Now, when are you ever going to, when are you going to do some fast tunes, Barry? All your, all your songs are a bit slow lately. Ever since Impossible Dream. So you just listen to the wrong albums. What? Oh, Susie, darling. Yeah, We can do that with that. What's the thing that makes you feel Barry Crocker is the legend? Well, of course, he's got all the stuff with Barry McKenzie and all that. But what I liked about him, and particularly in the interview, was he can sing. He's got a great voice, a, a great Australian singing career. But he's got the surreal sense of humour of Spike Milligan. He does. Here's a spoiler alert. He also has a girlfriend by the name of Katie Manning, otherwise known as Joe from Doctor Who. There you are, sort of saying, never mind, Joe, we're going to work out the answer to the universe. And we stand there with a bit of wood in our hand, you know, sort of in the rehearsal. You know, Joe, for a reason... Reasonably intelligent young lady, you do have the most absurd ideas. Now, the costumes really as cheap as they sometimes Mine look. Mine were. It just goes to show that some people can have it all. They can have it all. You can have Katie Manning from Doctor Who and also, was it five gold Logies? And you can have Barry Crocker's hair. And also, if you think about it, this was when the Logies meant something. This is when yeah. the Logies were, oh, my God, the Logies. These days, people have to go on the internet and get change.org to win them any kind of Logie, whereas Barry just got them five in a row simply because he was the best entertainer in the business. You've got a Logie, Tim. Where did you put that? I've hidden it somewhere within my physical system because of the shape that's right when will my fast life on wheels be touring again around australia or the world fast life on wheel is touring around australia from the end of january next year going to adelaide fringe then slowly moving through australia then off the united states 
and maybe to the UK, I don't know, it's a long way away. The States is easy because it's 15 hours of sitting down torture, but then get to the UK, you've got an added extra 10 hours. You've already seen the remake of Dumbo. What do you do between Dubai and London? Here's a hot tip for people. Next year around Australia, keep an eye out for the Sandman and Flacco. You'll see them on stage a bit more often next year as well in 2020. I have had psychic contact with both of them. Sandman and Flacco will bring the funniest show in Australia to you. My news, I went and saw Starstruck performed by the NIDA graduates this year. That was their end of year show. And they've converted that from the 1980 movie, which I'm a huge fan of. Reckon we might see it at the Star Casino in coming years, I think. Oh, I hope so. It's the kind of show that could run and run. But Starstruck was a classic Australian film. Julian Armstrong's best work, I say, and then a lot of people stop talking to me. Yeah, because they like her desperately serious stuff. I don't think she's done a musical since. I think it kind of burned her on the experience. Well, they're very difficult to pull off. It's easier just to do some horrible, dark drama. About a lake. You know, a lake, where's the lake going? Well, it's not about that, that sort of stuff. I should call up NIDA again and say you have to get me there, otherwise I'll talk about you on Bunga Bunga. Do you realise how many people are listening to this podcast? It's like 40,000 people worldwide now, everywhere apart from North Korea and China. We don't have listeners in China mainly because the government doesn't approve of us. Hello to all those people walking the dog, going to work on the bus, or just having a poop. And let's just give those people a moment. In a jail in 2019, they cut down Jeffrey Epstein. And now there's global warming, heating up a winter's morning. Christmas bunker bunker, a little girl sailed from Sweden. On the sleeve her heart was bleeding. And Andrew from the palace rumbles like a latter day Harris. Christmas bunker bunker. Let's open the very recalcitrant Christmas crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. Horace Hubris on Twitter writes, How should we change the Santa story to better align with climate change? Well, I would think Santa's all about materialism. Are you kidding, Maynard? Reindeers, reindeer farts are like cow farts. You've got 12 of them, they're big, and they're running like the clappers. They eat a lot, so I would say certainly the 12 reindeer have to be replaced by... Electric motorbikes. Ah, yes, electric motorbikes. The whole Santa story could be replaced with Santa, a person who just brings children a pencil. Think small, think small. Instead of PlayStation 27, a pencil. And no sharpener, it'll last a lifetime. I think Santa should be held responsible for a lot of the climate change. But without him, we wouldn't have had that great classic, Somebody Stole My Santa Claus Suit. Somebody stole my Santa Claus suit. Somebody ripped off my beard, hat and boots. Some little fatso is all dressed in red. He even had the gall to sweat the pillow of my bed. I was told that people who are working with Extinction Rebellion have promised to fight and fight and fight. 
until the end of their arts degrees, which could take years. Particularly if they change courses two or three times. You bet. I once was so outraged, I stuck myself to a bar in Oxford Street all weekend. That's a nice way to do it. I showed them. Shell writes, Christmas stuff in shops. Should it be legal that they can't put it in there till November? I think you've got a very good point. I was in the middle of September. And I went to the airport and I saw my first piece of Christmas. It's a bit of a downer, isn't it? Well, it might have been just an old guy wearing a reddish suit, but I thought, it's too early. Yeah, it's too early to be reminded of our mortality and the ticking of clocks. In fact, I think Christmas Eve is a good time to whip up all the decorations and then pull them down. I actually wrote an angry tweet to Telstra because they put their Christmas ads on way too early this year. An angry tweet will really get you far. That's right. If, If you really want to achieve nothing in life... Do it on social media. Complain on Twitter and you watch what doesn't happen. Daniel Brewer wrote a very simple but concise Facebook post about you, Tim. He wrote, Tim Ferguson, legend, legend, he wrote. I think that's actually leg end is what he was talking about. Oh, you should put the hyphen in it. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. You are the leg end. We have a bit of a Tim Ferguson update on your health because people often ask me how you are. How are you? You're looking just as good as you did last year, do me, Tim. I'm fabulous, mate. I, you know, got a slight twinge of multiple sclerosis, but I ignore that. It's not so much thinking positive. It's doing what men do, people, which is completely ignore their symptoms until they become a devastating problem. My doctors are all saying, I don't know, a tour of the United States with your condition. To me, that's not just a red rag to a bull. That's a red light that says, I have to go. What, it can get any worse? Yeah, worse. What do you mean, I'll I'll be in a wheelchair? Is that what you're going to say? My whole life is an amber light. Bring it on. You know, my health is horrible, but I'm happy. But how many people can say that, hey? Hmm? How many people you go to work and they've got a cold and it's like, oh, no. I'm writing a new book. I think it's going to be a motivational book. The working titles are Comedy and the Art of Problem Maintenance. I'm not saying there's a lot of words there. But I came up with one yesterday called Smashing Life, where you smash your own life until there's nothing left. Yeah. Yeah, I figure at your funeral, you want the first person to stand up and say, well, that's done. Peter Young, it's of a religious bent. Tim, you up for that? (laughs) Religious bent? I think we've had enough of that with the Pell Inquiry. Peter Young writes, should Scientologists be allowed to record Christmas albums? He questioned as to whether Kate Sobrano should have recorded a Christmas album being a Scientologist. I think even if you're not Christian, you should be able to do a Christmas album. I don't think it should be a hard and fast rule. Of course. Yeah, everybody can sing Noel so long as they can explain what Noel is. I'm still confused. Actually, if you were doing a Christmas album, what would be your number one? Santa Claus is coming to town, but do it death metal like it's a threat. Because it is saying, you better be good. You better do right. Because there's a guy coming and he knows everything. He's watching us right now. He's like God, except he's got toys he can withhold. Yes, I reckon anyone can make a Christmas album as long as they can fake it. Carolyn writes, one of our Patreons, hi Caroline, she writes, Will Maynard be dancing in his underwear again this Christmas? Will you be dancing in your underwear this Christmas, Maynard? What night don't I dance in my underwear? <laughs> it's just in Christmassy, I've got those little bells and things. Normally it's the monkey underpants where you push the front and it goes... <laughs> But at Christmas, it's sort of a a bauble kind of arrangement. They were baubles. Uh, 
Fantastic. And that wraps up the very recalcitrant Christmas Crank Mail. Crank Mail, Crank Mail. Who are these podcasts? They're great. Who are these podcasts? Are legendary, one of America's biggest podcasts. And it's always great to hear from them, but I don't know if we've received any messages from them. I think we have. It's not always a positive message he sends, but I'm sure he's got good intent. Hello, Maynard and Tim. Greetings from your friends at Who Are These Podcasts. Uh, I'm Carl. I'm Andy. And we wanted to just wish everyone in Australia a very... Merry Christmas. Let's take it down a notch. Yeah, I the, your show is a little too much. There's like for us. I was listening and it just sucked all the life out of me. It's exhausting your show. We reviewed it. Andy and I reviewed it a couple of years ago and I, I think we were probably too nice. Mm, definitely. Right? Cuz you go back and you listen to this bunga bunga nonsense and it's it's just hot garbage. Kisses. I, I can't imagine anyone anyone gives a shit about this. But I think we put in too much effort on this on this Ben Andy. What do you think? Oh, wait, we definitely tried too hard. He's American. At the end of the day, they're very optimistic, and we'd like to see through the grime and the murk and the loathing to the love. And we know there's a lot of love between us and who are these podcasts. Check out his band, The Isotopes, on SoundCloud. They've got some great Christmas songs that they just released last year. A bit of thrash instrumental Shadows crossover going on there. heard who are these podcasts get on to it because they review podcasts and let's face it most of these podcasts they had it coming oh yeah ridiculous people there who think they have a podcast where they're talking about something interesting you and i may not know that we are not at all interesting but we seem excited if you somehow find us accidentally interesting yes if that happens and it persists see your doctor it's time for Tim's historical hypothetical, where we put Tim into a place in history and ask him, so, what would you have done, smartass? The date, 1950, Monday the 11th of December. The place, Western Australia. You are the Western Australian public, Tim Ferguson. I am. They had a huge referendum over the weekend, whether alcohol was to remain legal in Western Australia. And two-thirds of the population said, shit, yeah. What was one-third of the population thinking, that to get rid of alcohol? It was 203,000 to 73,000. So there were 73,000 people that wanted to get rid of alcohol in Western Australia in 1950. Of course, the West Australian newspaper was right on to this as the way they normally are. For all that prohibitionists may say, Perth is not a drunken city, nor Western Australians a race of habitually inebriated sots, but there could be a bit less drinking. 
Well, the solution to all of that, 70,000 people in Western Australia who wanted the drinking to stop, there is Rottnest Island oh, yeah. where those people could be moved. You know, I think the quokkas enjoy a shandy from time to time over there too. Yeah, those 70,000 people and their descendants should be moved to Rottnest Island where they don't have to drink, they don't have to do anything. West Australians are not a race of habitually inebriated sots. I didn't know West Australians were a race. Oh, yeah, you got to go over there. You can see they're different because they're also good-looking. Ah. Perth people, it's a thing. You get off the plane in Perth, you just got good-looking people, and it's really quite annoying. They've suntanned. They've got a better diet. There's no stress because there's nothing happening. You're talking Hay Street or parts of East Perth? Mostly part of Hay Street because, you know, East Perth, it's not so good. Keep your eyes closed when you're in East Perth. But you go to Cottesloe, if there's a body part that you don't like, a shark will remove it for you. And apparently, in celebration of two-thirds of people liking alcohol in 1950, there's been a guy on Cottesloe Beach continuously drinking since 1950. And he's as happy as Larry, if Larry is a sad old drug. He's one person who's glad two-thirds of the state voted to be pissed. There you go, Tim Ferguson solving nothing once again on Tim's historical hypothetical. Put him on an island. That's how Australia started. Hello. We're speaking to Lance Leopard, who is currently behind the bamboo curtain at his mother's house, Magnolia Leopard. Maynard, darling, your timing's impeccable. I'm just trimming Mom's tree. My mother, Magnolia, can't say hello because she is behind the bamboo curtain. You're currently enjoying a, a northern holiday. It's a slower pace of life. What decorations is on a Lance Leopard Christmas tree at Magnolia Leopard's house? It's all very white and pink with flowers and barkley things. I'm running into people constantly in the street, Lance. They're knocking me to the ground and going, what does Lance Leopard recommend me do at Christmas? We need some simple Christmas tips because people are stressed, Lance. They're stressed. Over to you, Lance. There won't be snow in Darlinghurst this Christmas time. The biggest thing they'll get this year is ice. (laughs) What about a simple gift to give? I would just put $20 in everyone's card, no matter how well I knew them or how rich they were. Now, what about the classic giving someone a scratchy in the card? I hate that. That's a gamble, and I don't gamble. <laughs> and I don't need to be enabled. If I gamble, I'm going to start. Have you got any predictions for next year, Lance? What does Lance see in his crystal ball? Well, I've been in Queensland, and everything's so real up here. I was excited when I saw that spaceship blow up in Texas the other day. I thought, that's not what we're spending money on. Uh, is there a Queensland space program? There's a lot of space up here, man. <laughs> a lot of people complaining about the heat and the bushfires in New South Wales. It must be hotter up there. No, it's not. You know, all that hairspray that everybody used in the 80s that were in the ozone layer. It's made summers milder and longer and right now pleasant, but I can only speak for myself. Well, who would have thought chlorofluorocarbons could actually do some good? Who would have thought Alan would have done all of that? <laughs> Lance, what's your favourite Christmas movie and a favourite Christmas track? Die Hard is my favourite Christmas movie. Haven't seen it. What do you usually find yourself watching over the Christmas period on Brisbane free-to-air television? Madam X with Lana Turner, and there are many Christmas scenes in it over the 20 years that she has to fake her death and humiliate herself. Okay. Do you know the difference between a German angel and a Swiss angel, Maynard? No, I don't. German angels are fat. <laughs> and what do you reckon is a good Christmas track, Lance? A good Christmas track. I mean, the whole heterosexual trauma. Last Christmas. 
He looks like Princess Diana in the video. He acts like Diana in the video. Why weren't Duran Duran invited to her funeral? Well, Tom and Nicole were there. I mean, why weren't Duran Duran there? I think we can ponder that as we listen to Last Christmas by the Isotopes. Oh, what? don't, I'll cry. She's dumped him on Boxing Day. Like, let's go for it. I wish you a very recalcitrant Christmas, Lance. I wish you love. Tim, I believe we've sold nothing once more at Christmas. What will you be doing on Christmas Day? We know that you like to eat a lot, then make sweet love all afternoon. Is that the plan again this year in 2019? Yes, but I will be doing it in Orange up near Blaney where I grew up because why not? You're thinking I've got nothing to do. You've got a Blaney where they do nothing professionally. You must enjoy Christmas because all the booty calls slow down to only one or two a night. <laughs> That's right. Santa, I make my runs about the break of day. They call me back door Santa. I make my runs about the break of day. Oh, oh, oh. I make all the little girls happy while the boys are out to play. Tim, it's been a very recalcitrant Christmas, and I, for one, have been reticent in every possible way this year in 2019, and I'm hoping to continue that way into 2020. You want to make a couple of predictions? You actually picked that the election would be won by the Liberal Party in Australia. You said Trump would win. What are your predictions for 2020, Tim Ferguson? In 2020, I predict the impeachment will fail of Donald Trump, and he will use it to win the election. There is a chance that Hillary will run. If that happens, I think she may win the second time around because we all learn after making a terrible, terrible mistake. But do you think the people of Pennsylvania would vote for Hillary Clinton? No, they won't. But the people of Missouri might because apparently they're sick of being fibbed to. Watch out for that one. If Hillary comes back, she will win. If she doesn't, then the Democrats might as well... So what do you reckon? Warren, Biden, Bernie, Mayor Pete? That's exactly what the problem is. You could put all four of them together and it still wouldn't work because Americans just don't like what they think is socialism, which is really just tax. I love Bernie. He's a nice guy. I like being shouted at by old men <laughs> who seem to be drunk at a Christmas party. We are spending $270 billion a year on the military but we don't have a major enemy. I know it hurts your feelings. I know you're upset about it. I know you're hoping and praying that maybe we'll have another war. And just a brief Christmas moment. Hey, Maynard, it's George Robb with Christmas greetings from America. That's right, the good old US of A. How are you? How's things? Listen, this year I thought I'd grab my guitar, I'd open the door, and I'd step outside into the fresh, crisp Christmas air and maybe play an appropriate number. What do you think? Sound good? Here's a Christmas tune straight from the streets of America. Give me a second. Let me just uh, pop outside. Hey. 
Have yourself a merry little Christmas Let your heart be light Next year all our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay Next year all our troubles will be miles away Here we are as in olden days Happy golden days of yore Faithful friends who are dear to us Gather near to us once more Someday soon we all will get together If the fates allow Until then we'll have to muddle through Somehow So have yourself A merry little Christmas It's Dominic the donkey, jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey, la 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 la. Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. So you think you're going to dress your cat up in a little costume, going to put your cat in a little costume and take a photograph and win Facebook, break the internet, that's okay. But the other day I saw a photograph of a cat who was in a little costume except it was a Jedi costume. And you think, oh, isn't that lovely? Oh, a little pussycat with a Jedi and it had a little lightsaber attached. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong. The cat was not happy. Talk about grumpy cat. This cat was furious because everybody knows cats are on the side of the Empire. They are not monarchists, which are basically what Jedi are. Ooh, let's put Princess Leia in charge. They are not monarchists. They are their own kind of dark socialist. If you're going to dress them up in any Star Wars costume, it has to be Empire, people. It has to be Empire. And some of those cats with the funny nose already sound like Darth Vader. None of them are very friendly. And when it comes to religion, it's quite obvious that cats are what we call autotheists. They think they are the gods. Just let the cats be the cat. And you might go to Meowington's and go, OK, I'll buy the thing where the cat just has to stick its head through. I'll take the photo quickly. That's also a quick way to get yourself scratched. Would you like it if someone stuck your head through the hole? Those days are behind us. Behind us. <laughs> so cut it out, people. Cat's playing the piano. Come on, I want to see one playing the clarinet. <laughs> I want to see a cat with an embouchure. <laughs> Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked on a very recalcitrant Christmas 2019. <laughs> Don't expect too much. Well, mom and dad said the good, so I did what I should. Hung my stocking on a wall, didn't get a thing at all. Don't believe in Christmas. Don't believe in Christmas. Don't believe in Christmas. Cause I didn't get nothing last year.
On the phone for Regents Unknown, we have Tony Bush. Merry Christmas, everybody. Where are you? Are you, are you becoming a foreign agent? No, I'm spending the day in Beverly Hills, New South Wales. I'm planning my Christmas ahead. I intend to be reading books that I bought in October at my mum's place. Now, what kind of book? There's a, a, quite a good book here called The Three-Body Problem by Zizin Liu. It's about particle acceleration. Not unlike what we're doing, Maynard. You've especially come into our life today for what is possibly your 10th Christmas special with us. Well, I wasn't counting, but uh, I would have been more than disappointed if, if the phone hadn't rung. Last year, you presented the work of Susie Sue in Christmas yes. form. I believe you've outdone yourself this year. What I've done is mashed together a bunch of Smith lyrics. Did, did you uh, see the Smiths tribute band when they toured Australia? That's the Smiths spelt with a Y. The Smiths. The Smiths, um, sorry, yes. I'm starting off this poem with the lyrics, again, destroyed slightly by myself, uh, of the Slade hit, Merry Christmas, everybody, and here we go. Merry Christmas, everybody. Are you hanging up a stocking on your wall? It's time this charming man has a ball. Do the fairies keep Santa sober for a day? Are you waiting for the nose bag to arrive? It's all questions, isn't it, this time of year? All questions. And when you land upon your head, then you've been slayed. Look to the future now. It's only just begun. The turkey you festively slice is rubber. Now December spawned a monster. This charming Christmas man. So please, please, please let me get what I want. The snow falls hard on a humdrum Christmas. Santa, it was really nothing. How soon is Santa? Someone so handsome should care. And I'm sure I can join with all our listeners in wishing you a very recalcitrant Christmas, Tony Push. Merry Christmas, everybody. And Maynard, that includes you. Testing one, two, one, two, one, two. Merry Christmas, Maynard. It's Christopher Laird here in the back storeroom of Rather Resplendent Records. I'm digging in some crates. I was trying to find you a Christmas selection from Terry Cupcake O'Mason. And I have, I've been unsuccessful, Maynard. I apologize. Nothing from Little Miss Cupcake O'Mason for you this year. Oh, you should see my lovely cupcakes. They are much too nice to go to waste. That's enough. We don't want to push the envelope too far. In fact, I think we tore the envelope. Yeah. In that case, there's only one way to mend it. Oh, you should see my lovely cupcakes. One more time. He likes to nibble on my cupcakes. Man, this guy has always eaten. However, I did come across this little gem. It's by a chap called Ed Burns. He's probably best remembered for playing Vince Fontaine in the film adaptation of Grease. And he also starred in an American TV series called 77 Sunset Strip. I believe he played a character called Kooky or something. 
And so on this seven inch I've discovered called Yulesville from 1959 on the Warner Brothers label. It's Ed Cookie Burns. I hope you enjoy it. I want to wish you and all of yours, Maynard, a very, very Merry Christmas. And don't forget to pop in in 2020 into our little record shop called Rather Resplendent Records. You know where it is. It's down that back little street that you don't visit as much as you should. Merry Christmas, everyone, and a Happy New Year. Twas the night before Christmas and all through the pad. Not a hip cat was swinging, and that's nowhere, Dad. The stove was hung up in that stocking routine, like maybe the fat man would soon make the scene. The kids that fell by had just made the street. I was ready for Snoresville. Man, was I beat. When there started a rumble that came on real frantic, so I opened the window to figure the panic. I saw a slick rod that was making fat tracks souped up by eight ponies, all wearing hat racks. And a funny old geezer was flipping his lid. He told them to make it, and man, like they did. They were out of the chute making time like a bat, turning the quarter in eight seconds flat. They parked by the smokestack in bunches and clusters, till Chubby slid down, coming on like gangbusters. His threads were from Cubesville, and I had to chuckle. In front, not in back, was his Ivy League buckle. The mop on his chin hit a button-down collar. And with that red nose, Dad, <laughs> he looked like a baller. Like he was the squarest, the most absolute. But let's face it, huh? Who cares when he left all that loot? He laid the jazz on me and peeled from the gig. Well, and have a cool Yule, man. Later. Like Dick? Well, Tim, what are you hoping to get this year? I don't know, but I went to the Lego store. So if anybody out there wants to pull together some funds and get me some Lego, Star Wars-themed Lego, then uh, knock yourselves out. If you've got any other ideas for gifts, forget. Get it, because I'll just unwrap it and just feel downtrodden. The one that always interested me was the Death Star, which is a fairly large Lego implement. You think it's a bit too ambitious for your first outing? No, not at all. There's a Millennium Falcon, not that I've looked into it extensively. There's also an Imperial Star Cruiser. Again, it's a metre and a half, and the measurements work for me and my timetable. So get in touch or go to cheekymonkeycomedy.com. Buy yourself a seat at the Comedy Writing Weekend in Brisbane or Melbourne. I would like to know if you've done a Christmas card. You've done a lot of great drawings, great paintings this year. Are you doing any Christmas-themed ones? I should. I'll get around to that, said Tim, with his blink rate going up and his eyes rolling around the room. In fact, can we get any of your art online? What do we do? How do we... Do we just yell into the ether? There's a whole bunch of my art. You can even get Tim Art earrings. Seriouscomedy.com.au And your very own hamster with my face on it. The Tim Buck plug was not the best of ideas. At least you know who you're looking at. Hello, this 
is Naoko speaking in English. We are so happy to talk to you on our new 45 record. Comes at the end of really great year for Shonen Knife. Thanks to you, Shonen Knife fan. We hope you like our new song before we say goodbye. I just want to wish everybody a happy Christmas and catch you later. Jingle bell, jingle bell, suzu ga naru. Sorry, wa yuku yuku. This is Kylie Minogue. Oh, my God, shut up. How much did you pay to come in tonight? $30.40. She's so tired and so much energy. It's unbelievable. Jeez. Where does she keep it? Well, here we are talking to Kylie herself directly after the show. Yeah, how many shows is it live now you've done? Oh, I've done all of about three. Is this getting away from the girly image to more slinky image now, is it? Well, people have been saying, you know, Kylie Minogue's changing her image, blah, blah, for ages. And it's not so much an all-out attempt to completely change all of a sudden. I'm getting older and growing up and maturing. That's just me. That's the way I am at the moment, as opposed to the way I was when I was 17. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus. It's coming to town. To town. Yes, he's on his way. Okay. He's got toys all over the sleigh. Oh, yeah. Santa, he's coming to town. Where'd you go? It's been a very recalcitrant Christmas here. What a show we've had. I think it's been one of the years where things have just got better, but then it seems we were wrong. Tim Ferguson, thank you for being Bunga Bunga. Maynard Bunga Bunga to you, legend. Merry Christmas! Jumper!
your collard. And I think it'd be a marvellous thing to have Maynard for breakfast, and if there are any leftovers, have them for lunch. If you wanted to do the most exciting thing in the world at breakfast, what would you do? I think the most exciting thing to do would be to have Maynard for breakfast. It's 23 minutes away from 7 o'clock this very moment. I think it's no better time than to wake up Australia. We're actually going to wake up Leanne Snedden here. Now, Leanne Snedden is a nurse who usually doesn't wake up to around about 7 o'clock. So we thought we might actually help her get her off to work a bit quicker and sort of get her out of bed, get her moving around the room, getting ready for that. I don't know what ward she works in, but we're hoping to sort of talk to her about that. Hello. Hello, is Leanne there, please? Leanne? Leanne Snedden. Oh, right, can I speak to her, please? It's Maynard here from Triple J. Maynard from Triple J? Yes, that's right. Just a moment. Yes, she has to make Australia-wide news this morning. Just a moment. Uh, thank you. Well, you can tell he was impressed. I think there'll be a few questions asked. Who is the man in your life, Leanne? Next, we've got this from Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan actually sent this fax to us yesterday. And if you'd like someone to uh, be woken up across Australia, wake up Australia, Maynard's wake up Australia, have your capital city. At this point, I usually like to turn up the phone and just see. Hello. Hello, Leanne. Hi. Would that be Leanne Snedden? Yes. Hello, it's Maynard here from Triple J. We were told to wake you up by Jonathan. Oh, no. oh right. Are you awake? <laughs> you usually wake up till 7 o'clock and you've got to be at work at 7.30. I don't think half an hour is enough time to shower and brushy-brushy of the teeth, Leanne. Oh, I usually cope. Just think this way. You've got 20 extra minutes this morning. Okay, then. Thank and, you. Well, no, hang on. You don't get off this easily. And now, now, what ward do you work in? What ward? Mm. I'm just about to go into theatre. You're going to do some Shakespeare? No, no, not that sort of thing. You aren't going to sneak back to bed for 20 minutes, are you, Leanne? Why not? Because you've got to be at work at 7.30. And apparently, uh, Jonathan reckons you're a big dag. Now, why does he say <laughs> Why does he say that? Because he's a bigger one. Who's Jonathan, by the way? Jonathan? Yeah. A friend. All oh, right, I reckon take some nitrous oxide over to his place sometime and give him a hard time. Thanks for talking to us this morning, Leanne Sneddon, and wake up, OK? Yes! <laughs> you feel better for it, Leanne? You feel better for this? <laughs> Did you know Bunga Bunga has an audience of over half a million people worldwide, Maynard? Uh, no, I didn't. Fuck them. I mean, they can't prove it. On maynard.com.au. <laughs> Bryson and Hume. Everything digital.